Ephesians chapter number 6. Ephesians chapter number 6. We began looking at spiritual warfare, and we looked at stand and the armor of God. We looked at um, having uh, girded our waist with truth last week, and tonight I want to look at verse 14b, the latter half of this passage of Scripture, and want to look at the breastplate of righteousness. In Ephesians 6 verse 14, the Bible says, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. So we want to look at this breastplate of righteousness tonight. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do come to you in prayer. God, we ask that you might speak to our hearts through your word. Lord, may you equip us for the spiritual warfare that we all uh, must endure. God, may we put on the armament that you have given us Lord, that we are prepared to stand in the day that we must need to stand. Father, we love you. We thank you for Jesus Christ, our blessed Redeemer and our Savior. In his name we pray, amen. Here we really have a, a couple of things. I want to look at two aspects of this, and I'm going to be real original. I want to look at breastplate, and I want to look at righteousness. And so we're going to just take a look at these two things momentarily. And examine the breastplate of righteousness, which is the armament that uh, we must have. The breastplate itself, uh, just for historical context, was a torso-shaped armament that was designed to protect the vitals of the soldier who wore it. It was often made up of either leather or, as time progressed, they made it also out of metal. Sometimes it was as simple as chain mail or round discs that were held together. Um, but as the Roman Empire advanced, it became a metal-shaped torso that would cover the front, and also sometimes it would also cover the back. But the purpose of it was to um, protect the vitals. Originally, it was made of nothing more than just a thick cloth or a garment, which provided very little protection. Um, but I guess if you were going out into battle with swords and spears and arrows, You'd want anything you could have, and so it started off that, but it uh, developed. Um, the purpose uh, was not to protect a soldier from all danger. That was not the intent. Um, it didn't cover the entire body. It didn't cover the head or the limbs. But the purpose of it was uh, to help prevent fatal wounds. Um, you could still be injured wearing a breastplate, but the breastplate was... The, um, its purpose was to protect the heart and other vital organs um, so that the soldier who was wearing it you know, might be safe or might survive an attack. And so the Bible here is saying, listen, put on the breastplate of righteousness. So the righteousness that we put on, the purpose of that is to protect our heart, our vitals, our life. Um, not, not our salvation. Our salvation is secure in Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Brother Eddie. I'm glad you agree with that. <laughs> we don't lose our salvation, amen? Anyway, I'm glad y'all are secure in your salvation now. What a blessing. Glad to have that out of the way. <laughs> the purpose is not that we would lose our salvation, um, but it's that we would not um, be detracted, be wounded, so that we are no longer useful to the army of God. 
And there's a lot of Christians who are saved, but as by fire, according to Jude, they're, they're saved, but they're really of no use to the army of God in that they're not actively fighting. And we are to be soldiers in God's army, are we not? And we're to fight the good fight, we're to fight in the spiritual warfare, and uh, it happens. Um, we don't like, I don't like conflict. I don't like problems. Um, I don't like uh, issues that arrive. I want everything to be hunky-dory and happy and, and, and happy-go-lucky. I'm like you. I don't like problems. But the truth is that when we serve God, we're going to fight problems. We're in a spiritual warfare. And we must be prepared to protect our heart um, our service of the Lord. And the Bible says we have the breastplate of righteousness for that. And, um, you know, we, we're in spiritual warfare. Uh, even as your pastor, I, I'm also in spiritual warfare. We're, you know, we're facing things right now that I don't have the answer for. I really don't. We're seeking the Lord, and we want God's will to be done. And, and I don't know all the answers. And, and uh, sometimes I allow more stress to bother me than I should because I worry too much. But what I do know is that God's in control, and if we can just trust Him and live right, follow right, He's going to take care of the rest. And, but we are in a spiritual warfare. So there is the breastplate, and the purpose of that, again, we have to remember that it was to protect from, from death or from fatal wounds that would take the soldier off of the battlefield and keep them from being involved. Then we see the, the next part here, which is really the primary part of this scripture. It is having put on the breastplate of righteousness, that breastplate of righteousness. There are two avenues of righteousness which I want to look at, and uh, we will um, examine both of these. And I think that it's important for us to really understand what the breastplate of righteousness is. We have to understand both aspects of righteousness. The first is, is there is a positional righteousness, a positional righteousness. This is the righteousness that is imputed unto us at salvation. This is the righteousness of God. Um, according to one of the commentaries that I read, uh, Grace New Testament commentary, it says, most likely Paul is not asking the readers here to remember that they are positionally righteous, but instead asking them to live righteously. Righteous living protects their inner selves. And so um, it's dealing with uh, this positional, though, is dealing with our salvation. In Romans chapter 3, verses 21 and 22, the Bible says, But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, through faith in Jesus Christ, to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. So there is a positional righteousness, and that is our position as children of God. God's righteousness was imputed unto me. And so here in Romans chapter 6, when Paul says, put on the breastplate of righteousness, he's already talking to the church, the believer. He's not saying put on salvation. Again, you're already saved. This is to the believer. But he's saying, listen, uh, there, so there is a difference here. There is a positional righteousness. I am righteous before God in my, in my position before him. I am saved 
when I was born again, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, when I was washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, positionally, I was righteous before God. When Christ, his perfect righteousness was placed upon me. So when God looks down and sees me, he does not see wicked Randy Ellis. Instead, he sees the perfect spotless blood of Jesus Christ. Positionally, I am righteous before God because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so there is a difference here. This righteousness, this positional righteousness, is brought at salvation. And every believer who has placed their faith in Jesus Christ is positionally righteous before God. But then there's a second type of righteousness. That is the experiential righteousness. That is the righteousness that causes you and I to, um, although we have already been positionally had the righteousness of God placed upon us, it causes us to live righteously or to try to live like God, that his righteousness would be expressed through our life. It is an experiential righteousness. Isaiah chapter 59 verse 17 really puts... Uh, Paul here is kind of referencing back to Isaiah 59, 17. He says, for he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. This is the righteousness of the Messiah who would come. And of course, we know that Jesus Christ did put on righteousness. Matthew Poole said, and having on the breastplate of righteousness... Righteousness of conversation consisting both in a resolvedness for good and repentance for evil done, which is a breastplate, the piece of armor which covers the whole breast and belly. To a Christian, that resolvedness against sin, fencing him against temptation and the conscience of well-doing against the accusation of men and devils. What he's saying is, listen, this righteousness, when we begin to live righteously, live pleasing to God, it protects us from the attacks of Satan and men. It's important that we understand that um, Satan desires to destroy us, and as believers, he des desires to destroy our testimony. He does. Um, in a society that we live in a cancel culture society, and especially to the men, all you have to be is accused, and you're guilty until proven innocent. I don't care what the courts say. In the eyes of society, you're guilty until proven innocent. Satan wants to destroy our testimony. I hate even using, bringing his name up because I don't want to bring shame, but I think it's a good example of what I'm referencing here, and I want to use this um, to help bring home a point. Thirteen years ago, a pastor made a mistake. He had a conversation with a lady that he shouldn't have had, and uh, it never led to physical intimacy, but there was a couple of things that were inappropriate. You know the man. We saw him not long ago in Pigeon Forge. His name is Dr. Johnny Hunt. 
he made things right with his wife. They got counseling they, with the husband and wife, the other individual. There was full, full transparency. The church knew. He got counseling. He made things right. And for 12 years, God still was able to use him. Last year, all of a sudden, out of the blue, the Southern Baptist Convention, um, somebody made said there was a secret uh, document list somebody had created, and they listed Johnny Hunt as a sexual predator. Now, what he'd do, was, was it wrong? Absolutely. He'll tell you it was wrong. Matter of fact, he told us it was wrong, didn't he? But he's made things right. Yet, even this week on SBC forums on Facebook, there were preachers absolutely tearing down ministries, that, a ministry that had him come preach, and saying he is no longer to be able to be used by God because of a mistake he made. Now, I don't believe that. But Satan wants to destroy our testimony, don't he? Satan's desiring to destroy our testimonies. And all it takes is a little thing. Money. With the church. We've got great finances here. And, uh, and I thank Jonathan. We talked yesterday and I thanked him for all that he does and how he handles our finances of the church with integrity. But we've talked about it. We've made a couple of changes. And, and I told him, listen, it's not that I don't trust you because I trust you. Thank the Lord for it. But if anybody ever accuses, we have to make sure that there's nothing that can destroy your testimony. And the same thing goes for me as a pastor. I, I've got a camera in my office. So if you ever think you're going to stick in my office and talk about somebody, nobody will ever know. Anything happens in my office is recorded on video and audio. Why? Because I have to protect my testimony. Satan is throwing fiery darts. He will seek to destroy our church, and he will seek to destroy me as a pastor, but he will also seek to destroy your life as well. The breastplate of righteousness. That is that we live our lives in such a way that we are Christ-like, and we are living for him in a way that our testimony, we are protecting ourselves because we are living above reproach. I know you expect a pastor to live above reproach, but you know what? God expects you to do the same thing, to live above reproach. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 8, But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love as, as a helmet the hope of salvation. Here the breastplate is of faith and love. I think that really ties into righteousness because the faith and love, when we love God the way we're supposed to do, when we are faithful and have our faith in him the way we are, we're going to live a righteous life. Isaiah chapter 11, verse number 15. The Lord will utterly destroy the tongue of the sea of Egypt with his mighty winds. He shall shake uh, his fist over the river uh, and strike in the... I wrote the wrong verse here. Ephesians 5, 9. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Ephesians 5, 9. The fruit of the Spirit is goodness, righteousness, and truth. We looked at truth last week. Tonight we're looking at righteousness. Where does righteousness come from? The Bible says it's a fruit of the Spirit. A fruit of the Spirit. Uh, it's the fruit that the Holy Spirit 
works in our lives and brings out. We must yield our lives to the Spirit of God, Holy Spirit. This is something that does not happen by happenstance. It happens by intentional learning to listen to the Holy Spirit. I've talked about it, and I won't, uh, I won't dwell on this too much, but I really believe that part of the problem is on why we don't listen to the Holy Spirit is that too often in our lives, we are so in tune with ourselves, with our jobs, with our careers, with our families, with the world, that we are not in tune with Him. Are we in tune with the Holy Spirit of God? You were today. Praise the Lord. Yes, sir. And God was working, wasn't He? There are some days where you look at and go, man, that, that was just a God thing. But I wonder how many of us can truly say or, or could maybe just stop for a moment and ponder and wonder what God could have done in us and through us had we have always listened to him. I'll be the first to admit, and I don't do so proudly, but I've not always listened to the Holy Spirit of God. I haven't. There's been times where I've just went about my life and my day thinking I could do it in my own power. And I survived. I'm here. I didn't die. God in his mercy spared my stupid self. But how much have we hindered his work in our life? Having on the breastplate of righteousness. This is that experiential righteousness that God brings in our life that we begin to experience Jesus Christ and his righteousness. We allow his righteousness to live through our life. Yes, this has to do, um, this can have to do with our integrity, our, our testimony, um, but it can also have to do with just our own heart. Let's, let's, let's back up for a minute. We talked about the outward attacks, but now let's for a minute, let's talk about the inward attacks. Am I the only one that's facing inward attacks? We're in, we're in a spiritual warfare, and, and most of the time, now sometimes it's external, but most of the time it's internal, isn't it? It's that internal warfare that we're battling with. And if we're not living righteous before God, what defense do we have? We don't live righteously. We don't live right before God. We don't live according to his word. And then all of a sudden, the fiery darts of Satan come against us in our heart and our mind and inside. And we wonder why we're, we're struggling with many things. I've been there where I have not had on the breastplate of righteousness in my life like I should have. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden Satan attacks. And when we don't have that defense, he gets a foothold in our mind and our heart, don't he? You ever been there? It's not a good place to be. Talk about leading to depression. I, I know a little bit about depression. Um... I've been there. I've been beat down so low that I didn't know what God was doing or if God was even doing. I've been there. 
what happened? I was not wearing the breastplate of righteousness. And Satan got a foot in my heart. Began to pry open that door and begin to attack internally. And our defense is righteousness, the righteousness of God. Romans chapter 14, verse number 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And these three are all connected. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Do, we, do you have joy? Do you have the peace of God? Do you have the righteousness of God? Are you allowing the righteousness of God to live through your life? See, when we have the righteousness of God, when we're living our lives to please Him, when we to please Him, when we're living right and right standing before Him, then we can have joy and peace in our hearts. You know, Paul said, "I've learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content." You know what happened? Paul had put on the righteousness of God, the breastplate of righteousness. And then whatever circumstance he was, he had that defense to guard his heart because he had the righteousness of God in his life. We live in a time where many people, um, many churches have very little discipleship. And when people are not discipled, they don't learn how to live righteously. And then all of a sudden, life happens. And they think, well, I was, try I was going to church. And bad things still happen. They don't have that breastplate to protect them. And the next thing you know, they're gone. You don't see from them. You don't hear from them again. They're gone. We must learn to place on the righteousness of God. And then we have the righteousness of God in our lives. Then we can have peace and joy in whatever circumstances that we face. On a side note, or tying in with this, I guess I should say, but I want to chase a rabbit just for a second. It comes down to, as Christians, what we allow to control our hearts and minds. Is it God and His righteousness that is dictating our life, or are we listening and following the example of the world? Most Christians, most believers, in the current day and age we live in, I dare say most, Believe the Word of God, but do not live it. In, in doctrine, we would agree with it, but in practicality, we do not practice it. And there is a great difference in the two. We must have a paradigm shift in our own heart in that we 
began to shift our directions, what we were following, and say, listen, God, I want your word, your righteousness, what you have declared as truth and righteousness to be prevalent in my heart. God, I want to hide your word in my heart. And we have a shift, not just of what we say we believe, but in what we actually follow and listen to and heed in our lives. And this is vital. Listen. Do not get what dictates your life, your thought process, off of CNN, Fox News, or Facebook, Twitter, any of it. Go back to the Word of God. Now, many Christians say we believe it, but then we go in and we allow the world to dictate um, what we think. Y'all know Jerry Clower? Y'all familiar with Jerry Clower? As a kid, I thought Jerry Clower was... The greatest thing, I, I love Jerry Clower, all the Leadbetters. Y'all know of the Leadbetters, Arcel, Burnell, Raynell, WLNL, Odell, Udell, Marcel, Claude, and Eugene, and Clovis. I know all the Leadbetters. And so, I, but I listened to, me and Jonathan were cutting up today. I walked by his office and I said, hey, Siri, we got these little home pods that'll play music. I said, play Jerry Clower. I was kind of joking. And Siri went, now playing Jerry Clower. <laughs> and so Jerry Clower was telling, uh, today about um, talking about love. He said, listen, he said, it, for once in our nation, he said, we need to quit making decisions based off of money and finances. He said, why don't we just start making decisions based off of love? Pretty good advice. I'll go a step further and say, as Christians, let's quit making our decisions based off of finances or politics. Let's base it off of the word of God and the love of God. Ain't that what we need? And when we do that, when we have the kingdom of God, we have righteousness, peace, and joy. When we take our minds where we begin to live the kingdom of God and we seek his righteousness, what does the Bible say? But seek ye first what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. The problem is we're wanting all the things to be added to us and we tell God, we'll live righteously in. Ain't that what Israel did? God said, build me a house. And what did Israel say? Well, we don't have nowhere to live, God. Let us build ourselves houses first, and then we'll build you a house. And what happened? They built themselves houses, and they forgot about God. God said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We ought to be seeking the righteousness of God, his righteousness in our life. That our life is right before him. That we are living pleasing before him. And when we do that, we have placed upon ourselves that breastplate of righteousness that will guard our hearts from outward attacks, but also from the inward attacks. And when Satan comes to us and says, listen, you're not good enough. You're, you're, you're too bad of a sinner. You're not worthy. I'm able to say, you know what, Satan, you're right. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. But Jesus Christ and his righteousness is upon my life. And we can say, Satan, get away from me. His righteousness has been applied upon my life. And I'm worthy, not because of me, but because of him. That is the breastplate of righteousness.